Hallelujah. Well, we've been reading a scripture for quite a while now. And I want to read this again as, a, uh, as a, the Lord just continues to highlight to me the value of what it is to be people who walk in freedom. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It's for freedom that we've been set free. Glorious freedom. What does that look like? What does it mean? God wants us to understand it because he tells us that he wants us to stand firm in it. That he doesn't want us to take it for granted, but he wants us to actively maintain it, hold on to it, fight for it, live it, maintain that glorious freedom that we have and don't give an inch to anything that would rob you of the freedom that God wants for you. Freedom from fear. Freedom that means we have supernatural peace. Freedom from guilt and shame and condemnation, worry, anxiety, heaviness, sickness, freedom. God has given us freedom from all the works of the evil one. Hallelujah. He said to pray on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Whatever is in heaven is now available to you. It is part of the package of freedom that we have. It's for freedom you've been set free. So God wants you to explore it, discover it, know what it looks like, understand what you've got so that you can make full, take full advantage of it. You know, there's so many incredible promises that have been given to us, the amazing gift of salvation. Just the study of salvation alone is so glorious. I'm going through the, the book of Romans bit by bit by bit, really, really slowly at the moment. And, oh, it's so rich and so glorious. But as I look at it and, and study what it means to be saved, I'm able to enjoy in a greater way the joy of my salvation. If I just take it for granted and don't explore it, don't understand what it is, really look into it, then I miss out on the blessings and the advantages of what it means to be saved. Hallelujah. We have an amazing gift. But if we don't know what we have, we don't enjoy it. We don't take it. We must know what we have in Christ. We must know and understand our freedom and we must uh, deliberately Live to enjoy it. Hallelujah. Amen. The good news of the gospel, hallelujah, is that Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, God himself, we serve one God in three persons. God said, I will go. God the son said, I will go and I will give myself so that they can be reconciled back into relationship with us. He came and he became sin for us, knowing that nobody had the capacity to, to make themselves holy enough. Sin had corrupted the human race through Adam. And Adam was, was a type of Christ. And his sin corrupted human 
kind, it, it gave all of human, uh, humankind a, a sin nature. I was just reading about that today in Romans. Even if it wasn't, it's not the same sin, but because he was a type of Christ, all of us became sinful. We have a sinful nature. But then Jesus came and he is the last Adam. And just as sin entered the world through one man, grace and redemption entered the world through the last Adam, Jesus. There's divine reset happened. Hallelujah. Where the gate was opened and a way was made for a new bride to be taken out of the side of Adam. The last Adam, Jesus had his side split open and a new bride came out, the bride of Christ. And we are invited now into union with the perfect, the whole Holy One, and He says, I give you my righteousness, my holiness, my new nature. He says, uh, You are the righteousness of God in Christ. My grace is sufficient for you. It's an astonishing, glorious truth that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we simply acknowledge our need for mercy, he says, here it is. And not only does it uh, cover your sin, it takes away your iniquity. That is your crookedness. Every trace of it, that you no longer have a, a sin personality. There's nothing crooked left about you when you receive the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. He takes away everything that was crooked about you. Iniquity in Hebrew means crookedness. He's taken away your crookedness. He's made you holy, beautiful, clean, holy, righteous. If you sin, he's there saying, bring it to me. I've got mercy and grace for you. And we exchange it and we receive his incredible gift of righteousness and holiness. Our conscience is made clean. Hallelujah. And we can walk in confidence before God. If our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God. Hallelujah. And praise God, even if they do condemn us, he's greater than our hearts. And he wants to help us recognize you don't have to live in condemnation. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So we have this privilege of entering into this new covenant, this new glorious freedom that is found in Christ Jesus. It's not through works. It's simply through faith in the Son of God, in the blood of the ultimate Passover lamb. Ah, his blood cleanses us from all sin and it cleanses our guilty conscience. So you become not guilty, not guilty. How does it feel to not be guilty? Not guilty. You know, I, I, uh, I get so excited just thinking about what the Lord has done. And yet so many people, they, they live not enjoying the fullness of the freedom that Jesus has given to us. I remember when I was um, in youth group myself and uh, Tom and I went to Brazil together on a missions trip, a big youth missions trip. 
and our youth leader, he preached the same message um, in many different places because he had a translator and, you know, it was a clear, simple little message. But so I remembered this message very, very well because I would have heard it probably seven times in seven days. But in it, he told a story of a circus bear that had been caged for many, many, many years, most of its life, lived in this cage. And the bear would walk three meters one way, turn around and walk three meters the other way. And this was its life. This was the extent of, it, of the capacity it had to move around. Well, eventually, some animal rights activists came and they they said, this is not okay. And they organized for the bear to be released into the wild. But the interesting thing was when they opened the cage and they let him out, the bear walked three meters this way and turned around and walked three meters this way, three meters this way. Because he didn't realize he was free. There was no bars, there was no cage, but for a very long time, he just kept pacing back and forth with the same confines that he'd had his whole life, not realizing that he, he could now go and explore the whole world. You know, I was thinking about that this afternoon, and I, it's so much like what many Christians experience We've been so conditioned to feel guilty, to live in condemnation, that as we enter into revelation about the freedom that comes in Christ, that we've been set free from sin, that we've been given a not guilty declaration over our lives, that truly you don't have to be guilty about anything anymore. You are free to live in holiness and righteousness. You're clean even when they're clean, they still often live with this hangover of guilt that actually doesn't apply to anything. But they, they are so conditioned to feeling guilty that they never actually explore what it looks like, what it feels like to really be free. And it's called condemnation. It, it tries to keep us from having confidence toward God. Because if we have confidence knowing that we're clean, whatever we ask, the scripture says, we can have. That's like really exciting. But the enemy knows this and he's terrified. So he wants to lie to you. And make you believe that you still, you should, don't you dare feel free. Don't you dare consider yourself righteous or holy or pure. Only God's holy. Only God is good. And you, ha you can answer him back. You must answer him back because the Bible says we need to demolish arguments and everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. You must answer him back when he says that and say, yes, God alone is holy. And now as he is, so am I in this world. It's no longer me who lives, but God himself who lives in me. Hallelujah. He has given me a clean heart. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm not a little bit righteous. I have been crucified with 
with him, raised up with him. It is finished. And he says, I am holy. Hallelujah. It's so clear in the scripture. And yet for so long, religion has told us, don't you dare call yourself holy. Who do you think you are holier than thou? Holier than who? God wants you to know that it's not your righteousness, it's his and he's given it to you and he doesn't want you to be ashamed of it. He wants you to know it, receive it, explore it and enjoy it. Hallelujah. What do we do though when we suddenly realize we're free? Now, if for so many years you've lived, oh, I don't want to, well, I'm not really there yet, you know, I doing my best. I like, I like the, the message. It's good. I, I, well, you know, I still make a lot of mistakes and I'm, I'm not really, I couldn't really say I'm holy, but I'm, I'm trying. I'm doing better than I used to do. But oh, yeah, I still, oh, I still struggle with this. We, we are, we're so conditioned to living like this with our self-talk. We're so conditioned to living in the limitations of human thinking. And there is a glorious awakening happening right now as the Spirit of God is breathing afresh on the revelation of justification by faith. It's the 500-year anniversary of the revelation that led to reformation. And there's a supernatural wind blowing right now. And it is blowing away the lies of the enemy that have tried to constrain and confine people into old patterns. He wants to set you free. He wants you to know you actually already are. He wants to open up your eyes, give you eye salve so you can see. Ah. He wants to help you recognize this freedom is glorious. Now, I, I think about it like this. Imagine if you'd lived your whole life. And your whole life you've been unhealthy and severely overweight. And one day you woke up and you suddenly had a perfect body. You were athletic, the perfect weight, strong, healthy, perfect. Can you imagine it? Can you imagine it? So you wake up, whoa, whoa, this is awesome. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to get up and eat the same things? Are you going to, I think you might want to get up and maybe do some exercise or run. If you've never been able to run before and suddenly you can run, I think you'd want to run. I don't think you're going to want to just live like you lived before because suddenly you've got a whole new body. In the same way, God has given you a completely new identity, a new nature. You've been given supernatural powers. Well, you know, the world loves the stories of the superheroes. It's like everybody's a bit drawn to superhero movies. You know why? 
because deep inside every one of us, we want to feel special. We want to believe that somehow it would be possible to have supernatural superpower. But I tell you, there is truth. God has come to make you a supernatural being where you are no longer confined to the pattern of the world you become now as he is God gives you supernatural power he makes you brand new like spider-man after he got bitten with the spider something happened no it's not really like that but <laughs> you get the picture suddenly you're different ha <laughs> I've got supernatural power. You know what supernatural power you have? You have power now to exercise all these incredible things that you didn't have before. You have supernatural power to do all sorts of glorious things. Like the Bible says that God is love. And it also says that when you've surrendered your life to Christ and you've received him as savior, you've been born again as he is. So are you in this world. Therefore, God is love. You are love. Suddenly you have the supernatural power to pick any one of those attributes of love and think, hmm, I'm going to explore this today. What would it look like to pick up this superpower of living selflessly? Of not being, uh, you know, love um, it doesn't look after itself. It doesn't. It, it looks after itself, but it doesn't. Um, it's not self-seeking. The scripture says, "Love's not self-seeking." You could pick up that superpower and go, "How could I explore this today? This is part of my freedom. I am not self-seeking. So, what could I do with this today?" What's it going to be like to use this not self-seeking power to minister to bless somebody else? If I believe I've got it, it's a little bit like Elisha when he picked up the mantle of Elijah and said, right, he's got the mantle. He doesn't just walk a whole long way to go around the water. He says, I, I know what Elijah used to do. He'd strike the water and he'd walk across it. So he picks up the mantle and he says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? <sighs> Strikes the water and the water parts. It's he used what he received immediately. You have received power now to walk in holiness, into godliness, in, in supernatural nature. So he wants us to pick it up. Part of enjoying freedom is to explore it, not just walk three meters and then the other three meters, but to go and discover what does this look like? You open up the pages of the Bible and go, wow, I could ha I've got that. I don't even have to try and get it. I've got it already. What's it going to look like to, to pick up the, the anointing, the, the power that you have to recognize, wow, okay, I am kind. This is awesome. What's it going to look like to use this supernatural power of kindness on everybody I meet today? If you know what you've got, you can say, such as I have, give I thee. If you know that you are somehow now supernaturally kind, I am, hallelujah, because... God now lives in me. It's no longer Catherine who lives, but Christ who lives in Catherine. 
I'm not defined as kind because I've always behaved kindly. I am defined as kind because it's no longer Catherine who lives, but Christ who lives in me. So I am kind. I'm kindness personified. But if I don't know what I've got and I don't exercise it, then I don't stand firm in this freedom. I don't use it. So you've got this superpower of kindness. What are you going to do with it? God wants you to think about it and, and deliberately steward it. These glorious truths that we have, the fruit of the Spirit is not something you have to go and get. It's something you have to start to stand firm in and recognize, I've got this. I've got patience. It's not self-righteousness. It's, oh, God, thank you very much. Every day we are told to uh, remind ourselves, to, to reckon ourselves dead, to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. That is God wanting you to wake up, look in the mirror and realize you don't look like the person you were before. You don't have an old lazy body anymore. In the spirit, you now have a glorious, holy, pure nature. And God wants you to exercise your freedom. Don't live like you are still confined to a sin nature, but start living as though you have what all that God has given to you. So if you, if you wake up and you've got this glorious transformations happened there's a few things you should do I mean you could just squander it and go and eat badly and never exercise and you know you'd miss out on the joy of what you've been given so what we need to do is protect what we've been given you've been given holy pure righteous nature clean not guilty clean conscience free from sin free from condemnation, free from accusation. You're not guilty. What does it feel like not to be guilty? Oh, ooh, ooh, oh, wow. I mean, even just take practice, begin. Practice five minutes a day meditating on what it feels like to not be guilty of anything anymore. I dare you. Just five minutes. Just think about it. How does it feel? If you, if you are feeling guilty, then talk to the Lord and see, is there anything I'm doing that I need to stop that doesn't match up with who you are? And if there is, then you stop it. You repent, hallelujah. And then you receive immediately the forgiveness of Christ and the cleansing of your conscience. And you tell your soul, hey, you've been forgiven. That's no longer part of who you are. You are holy. You are righteous. Now get up, pick up what you've been given. That is the fruit of righteousness and manifest it. Hallelujah. And then, then take your five minutes and go, okay, am I, am I clean? Am I not guilty? Am I sinful in any way? If, I, if, he go, if he says, yes, you are, you're sinful, okay, okay, what am I sinful in? What area? And you just talk to God about it until you've cleaned it all out. And then there's no more accusation. The enemy's like, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah, ah, uh, in the name of Jesus, 
I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am forgiven. I don't have to pay for my sin. I don't have to emotionally pay for it. I no longer have to live with fear or condemnation. I am the free. I am the redeemed. And as he is, I have his mind. I am clean. I have his motives. Hallelujah. I am holy. And stand firm in it. Practice lining your emotions up with the truth of your freedom. Hallelujah. But we need to practice it like this. We need to practice and protect what we've got. We need to take captive, as I've been sharing, every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. We need to catch the little foxes, the, the things that are, are weighing us down, the cares of the world, the compromises. And in the name of Jesus, deal with them immediately and say, no, that's not part of uh, what I'm allowing in my space. I've been given freedom, so I'm going to walk in freedom. It says in um, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So we don't get depressed when we feel tempted. But we go, thank you, God. I'll pick up the faith, pick up the shield of faith, pick up the sword of the spirit. And this is the truth. I'm going to steadfastly resist him. If I sin, I have an advocate. I can simply exchange it for his righteousness and lay hold of truth. He gives me power now to make a way of escape out of every temptation. I am not alone. I am not helpless. I am not weak. I say I am strong because the spirit of God is upon me. Hallelujah. It is a fight. It's not a passive thing. You have to stand firm and you must resist. Amen? Knowing that he'll give you the victory. It's just a done deal. All you have to do is not fall asleep on the job. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. I love it in the message translation, actually. It's, um, it's good. It says here, Don't be so naive and self-confident. You're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God-confidence. Other versions might say, take heed when you think you stand lest you fall. But the Bible is saying, hey, don't get confident in yourself and think, oh, yeah, I've got this. I'm all. Lean on him continually and recognize this incredible gift I've got is not stemming from me. It's come from him and I am so grateful. So every day I'm going to begin my day acknowledging you are God. Hallelujah. I am your child. I stand clean and free because of your precious blood. I give you worship. I give you thanks. I remember you for what you have done. Thank you, Lord, that in you I live and move and have my being now unto you who is able to keep me from falling god i look to you my help you are my god as we acknowledge him and we speak like this his heart is so full of joy it blesses his heart to know my beloved is mine and i am his hallelujah this is it's just gorgeous glorious relationship we shouldn't wake up and ignore god Wake up and recognize that he's so excited to talk to you. And just cultivate a language where we are continually acknowledging him in all of our ways. And he will make our paths straight. Hallelujah. 
Jude chapter 1, verse 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Saviour, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. I mean, you could pick that up as a memory verse and just declare it every morning. God, you alone are wise. I'm so grateful, Father. You are the one who's able to keep me from falling. You are the one who, who is able to present me faultless. Hallelujah. Because of your blood, you call me clean holy, pure. You are the one who's done this. Thank you for it. Hallelujah. Wonderful, Jesus. You know, the other thing I, I think you'd do if you woke up and realized, oh, I'm different. I'm new. I'm transformed. I've got supernatural power. I'm different. Is that you'd begin to really enjoy what it looked like to use what you have. To, you know, if you were given a new car, most of you wouldn't sort of just leave it on the driveway and not drive it. In fact, I think some of you would really enjoy taking it out to see what it could do <laughs> within the speed limit. Hallelujah. But just like, let's see what this can do. Enjoying freedom in God, standing firm in freedom, is being deliberate to steward what you've been given and exercising it, you using it. If you suddenly knew that you had power to run faster than a speeding bullet, I reckon a lot of you would give it a go. Let's try this out. Well, God says something better than the fact that you can run faster than a speeding bullet. He says that you can live holy, pure, righteous. You can have the thoughts of Christ. You have the motives of Christ. You have power to be the light of the world. You, will, you can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He says that you can manifest his love and his kindness and his goodness. He says that you are the aroma of Christ to those who are perishing. These are invitations waiting for your response and it's all part of the freedom, the landscape that's been laid and set before you. He's saying, I've laid a banqueting table before you. Come and eat. A lot of us just dream about it. That one day, maybe it would be nice to be able to eat from the table. But you aren't a beggar that has to only have the crumbs. He's invited you now. You are the children of promise. And he says, all my promises, all that belongs to me, it now belongs to you. You are a co-heir with me. Don't live like a pauper. Get up, have what now belongs to you. You know, if my children knew that you know, they could eat anything they wanted. I went away for the day and I said, look, there's some food in the fridge. There's everything you need there. And if I came home at the end of the day and they, I looked at them and they looked terribly hungry, I'd say, what's wrong? And if they said, oh, well, you know, I didn't want to be presumptuous and just, just take it. 
I'd be frustrated with them. Or if I bought them brand new clothes and they turned up at church with dirty clothes all ripped and broken, I'd be like, I'm not okay with this. You're a ruinala. Hey, I provide for you. But Tom provides for you. (laughs) I spend the money. Hallelujah. God feels the same way. When we are like, oh, I'm just surviving. I'm just struggling through. Why? Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just struggling. God understands. He knows where we are. But God is looking for us in the spirit, not to live like paupers that say, well, I'm trying to be good. Why? Don't try. Begin to say, thank you, Father, that you now say, I am full of goodness. Show me what it looks like to live as one who is full of goodness. Different mentality. You say, well, it's a prosperity gospel. Hey, I'm just telling you the truth. This is the truth. You have been given all things pertaining to life and godliness. What are you going to do with it? If you believe yourself to be selfish, you'll behave selfishly. But if you by faith say, thank God, I've been delivered from me. You don't have to wait for some supernatural experience that outwardly makes you feel like you've been free. You need by faith to receive the son of Jesus, the son of God, Jesus Christ. When you by faith receive him, the spirit of God will come on the inside of you and he will make you new on the inside. Then you live by faith. He adds wonderful encounters, but it's not the encounters that make you free. It is faith in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. By grace we are saved through supernatural experience. No. By grace we are saved through faith. Now, I'm all about supernatural experience. I think it would be ridiculous to have a relationship with a supernatural God and not engage continuously in supernatural experience. But what I live by is faith in the Son of God. Hallelujah. You have been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. He has given you superpowers. Superpowers to live as a new creation in Christ. To live as one who is the redeemed of the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Why? So that they remember. Oh, that's right. I am. I'm the redeemed. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. He's hoping, provoking, that you might respond and go, what does someone who's redeemed look like? If you start thinking about that, meditating on that truth, you'll pray differently. You won't be saying, Lord, help me, make me more humble. Lord, make me more patient. That is not a prayer of faith. You'll start saying, thank you, God, you've given me your patience. 
Thank you, Lord. I'm sorry I wasn't patient yesterday. Thank you that you forgive me. But I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've given me patience, that our patience is part of my nature now because I reckon myself dead and alive to you. By faith, I come into agreement with the truth. You have made me pure. You have given me your patience. I have the patience of the Son of God living on the inside of me. Show me. Help me explore that today. Thank you, Lord, that you've given me kindness, your kindness, not just a bit of it, but help me know what it looks like to manifest that to everybody around me today with supernatural power and anointing. Thank you, Lord, that you say, I am love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that your love is powerful. It changes lives. Thank you, Lord. You've laid up good works in advance for me to do. Help me explore and enjoy what that looks like today. You've given me power not to be self-seeking, not to keep record of wrongs. You've given me forgiveness so that I now have power to forgive the unforgivable. (laughs) I don't have to live by my emotions, but I can live in the faith of what you say and what you've done. I want to explore the life of Jesus. Show me what it looks like to live the life of Jesus today. As he is, so are we in this world. He is our head, our king. We are his body. We are one. Let the Holy Spirit do some divine realigning of your old patterns of thinking. Let the revelation go past your head and into your daily practice, into your daily lifestyle into your prayer life. Hashakaba. He loves you, oh, how he loves you. Far more than you understand. He wants to manifest his love to you in such a way that you just explode with joy, overflowing with the fullness of God, where the perfect love of God casts out all fear and you say, Lord, I thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you love me absolutely and that now all that you are, you are in me. I can manifest to the world around me. Hallelujah. Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, hope or imagine. You can say that when you start to grab a hold of this with confidence, and everything looks different. Father, I thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, I thank you that it's for freedom you've set us free. Let us live it, enjoy it, walk it out in the holy and the precious name of Jesus, everybody said. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to pray for some people and uh, In just a few minutes, we'll have communion. But before we do that, I want to give you an opportunity today. This new nature, this freedom that I've been talking about, it is available to anyone who will respond to the mercy of Jesus, who will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That is, recognize he is the Son of God and respond to him saying, I need you as my Savior. Come and be my Lord. When we lose our life to find his, he gives us supernatural life, everlasting life. He makes us new creations. 
The gift of God is eternal life and it begins the moment you receive him as Lord and Savior. He wants everybody to come. He doesn't want any to perish. But I tell you, he loves you so much that he made you in his image and gave you the freedom to choose. Because if you didn't have a freedom to choose, it wouldn't be love. He's looking for a bride who will choose him back. He's set his love upon you. He's communicating every day through the sun and through the moon and through the stars and through the flowers. He's trying to get your attention through all of creation and saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. And he waits for you to respond and say, God, I need you. I want to be connected to you. I want to receive your forgiveness, your mercy, and I want to be one with you. I want to be born again. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus came to reconcile man back to him. It's a divine invitation, but it requires a response. Today, if you're here and you know in your heart, you need to get your life right with God. You want to say, yes, Lord, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my savior. I want to respond to you. I want to enter the kingdom of God. Would you lift your hand? I want to pray for you. Is there anybody here today that says, yes, that's me? Today's the day. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else that says, yes, that's me? Today's the day. I choose Jesus. He loves you. Is there anybody else that says, yeah, I choose Jesus today. I want him to be my savior. I want to respond to his mercy. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. That's so beautiful. Can I, can I get you to come and pray with me? I'd love to pray for you. Could you come? Could you come? Give her a hand as she comes. Would you? The Bible says that if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. That's what you've just done. You've said, I want Jesus. And Jesus says, I've always wanted you. Do you pray this after me? Father God, I believe you sent your son, Jesus, to die in my place, to take all of my punishment. Right now, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you all of my sin, all of my shame all of my past, I receive your forgiveness, your cleansing, your mercy, your grace, your holiness. Fill me, Lord. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Come into my life. Make me new on the inside. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Father, we just lift up Simone right now. Would you lift your hands to her and just pray for her? I want you to pray and think about her week this week. This is our sister. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you.
You who've begun a good work in Simone, you're going to carry it through to completion. Father, I thank you, Lord, that your grace is upon her, Lord, that right now, even as she has responded in faith, Lord, with a soft heart to you, Lord, you say you receive her. I accept you. You are beloved. You are clean, forgiven, receive in the name of Jesus, forgiveness of Christ, the mercy of Jesus. He makes you new on the inside. I thank you, Lord, that you are her Lord and she is your daughter in Jesus' holy name. Amen.